Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm pretty sure I just broke everyone's ears. I shouldn't say You would break mine, but I was on vacation and I uh, uh, can't hear out of my left ear. That's right, Rick is back. What's up? From his uh, trip to North or South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah. I don't think it matters. <laughs> They're kind of both the same. For yeah. Me, uh, it's Tuesday, July 30th. This is the last show that we do in July. This is getting crazy. Training camp started this week. It is getting busy in the NFL world. Um, the one thing I'm noticing about uh, training camp this year, and it doesn't change from year to year, but the amount of people on Twitter sharing videos. And I'm I'm guilty. I share videos on the Instagram. On the Instagram. Instagram. On the Instagram story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I share some videos. Uh, follow us on, on Instagram, by the way. Yeah, uh, you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, people are getting so caught up in all of the uh, training camp hype. It is... It is getting oh, a little dude, ridiculous. Oh, I've, dude, I've been saying this for years. You'll see a video of like someone bench pressing, and it'll be like, massive amounts of strength. Watch out for this guy this year. And he's like the fifth string running back that's going to yeah. get cut after the first preseason game. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, today, we are going to talk about and bring you our best value picks at wide receiver and tight end. We'll put them, we're going to put them together because okay. tight ends are boring and not fun. We've talked about tight ends so much. Yeah, and there's only like 40 of them, so I think we covered them all. <laughs> there's really only three if we're being completely honest. <laughs> uh, before we get into the news, I want to make sure that you guys go over to Twitter and Instagram and uh, follow us on there, at the FF Champs on, Inst- on Twitter and on Instagram, at the Fantasy Champions. Go on Facebook.com slash forward slash the fantasy champions uh, and like us on Facebook. Um, subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Pod- Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. I'm having a tough time today with these uh, these pleasantries at the beginning here. Uh, click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Make sure you leave a review. Share this podcast with your friends. Let's get to the news. Woo. Melvin Gordon was absent from the start of training camp on Wednesday, which yep. is not unexpected. There is also there's about 14 different reports flying around right now on Melvin Gordon. He's supposedly two to three million dollars apart, which is ridiculous. A season, not overall, a season, uh, which I think they should be able to figure out. That yeah, that's not like that's the, not crazy. Like people, I'll get to that in a second. I was gonna ta- start talking about people freaking out over Melvin Gordon. But anyway, just the other news is that they're not that these two to three million dollars apart and that this could be a long holdout. Mm. Um, So this is causing people in the fantasy football world to rank him between 12 to 15 among running backs. Yeah. Among running backs? People among running backs. Some people. So what's that like third, fourth round, third, fourth round. Yeah. So, People are ranking him there. I don't think necessarily that he's going to go that late, but I think people are overreacting to the uh, yeah. Le'Veon Bell news you, you from mean, last year. Oh, I see. What you're uh, but Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers weren't anywhere near a deal. It was like, we're not going to pay you, bro. We're just going to keep yeah. slapping the tag Two to three on million you. dollars, it doesn't seem that bad. It doesn't seem that bad. So I am of the belief that Melvin Gordon will probably get this figured out before the season starts. Yeah. Um, I don't 
want to believe that it's going to go into the season, but people have the right to freak out over this. It's just because they got burned last year. They got year, burned last honestly. year. Yeah. Because so, most of the time when situations like this happen, it usually gets resolved. But if this lasts into, uh, into like late August drafts, yeah, and there's a chance that he could be on the board in the second or third round. I'm not even second guessing myself. I'm taking Melvin Gordon. Even if even if it has not been resolved, and even if it hasn't been resolved, I, the, the here's the thing: if I get my solid running back in the first round, the guy that I want, generally speaking, say I have like the fourth you're picking pick, what two? I'm getting yeah, I'm picking two. So but, you can get whoever. <laughs> yeah, I can get whoever I want. But if you say you're picking four or five, and your options are you know Todd Gurley, I'm not Todd Gurley, David Johnson. I love Todd Gurley too much. McCaffrey. Um, yeah, David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, those guys. If you can get one of those guys and then the second round or third round get away with drafting Melvin Gordon, even if he doesn't come back, it's worth the risk of taking a look. Because if he does come back, what that are you getting? Player, yeah. You're getting two top five, top six running backs for your team. So that's why I would definitely other people are like, Oh, stay away from Melvin Gordon. He might hold out the whole season. I'm like, no, stop. That 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 happens once. In like 20 years. That's not going to happen again. <laughs> not quite that long, see, but it's not. I could see it going six to eight weeks into the season. Yeah, probably. Like, it, which would suck. But, and, and at that point, he's not game at that point, I, I'm, I'm not really, if we know that it'll probably hold out for an extended amount of the regular season, then I would take him probably in the fifth or sixth round. I think but if, like, if he's going to hold out into the regular season, I wouldn't draft him. At all? Not at all, but... Pretty much at all, unless he's like really falling. Right. I, I mean, would try to stay away from. Him. Yeah, for me, I think it would be the fifth or sixth round. If he was to miss like five or six weeks, I would probably draft him there. But we don't know if that's going to happen. Um, Cam Newton was uh, he avoided the uh, PUP list to begin training camp, which is good news. Um, I saw a couple videos of him throwing. They I don't look good. think they, his arm looks fine. It's I'm not worried about Cam Newton's shoulder anymore. <laughs> um, Redskins coach Jay Gruden said Darius Geis won't be limited at training camp. That's a good news for Darius Geis truthers. Hey. Um, Emmanuel Sanders returned to team drills on Wednesday from his torn Achilles, which is That's pretty tough injury. fast to come back. That from is. That injury. And he looks, he looks uh, like look? when you watch, when you watch some of the, the footage from, um, some the of training camp highlights, they're training camp highlights. <laughs> it's not really for me. It's not really the, the, him burning receivers or whatever they want to say. It's just, he's yeah. making cuts. Well, he's moving quickly. It's not like he's, which is very important, which is very important for a guy coming off an Achilles injury. Um, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Julian Edelman, he's on the uh, NFI list, and uh, he is recovering from a broken thumb. Apparently, he was working out with Brady, and Brady threw the ball so hard, it broke his thumb. Wow. That is what I heard. If that is false, please let me know. But I, (laughs) yeah, he was like catching a ball, and he broke his thumb. So he should be, it's only like a two-week injury. He should be ready to go for the season. Like, he's, he's already doing some catching drills. I don't know how you do that without a thumb, but. Kalen Bellage took the first team snaps at running back during uh, Thursday's drills uh, at Dolphins practice. He did what now? He took first team reps. The first day, the second day, the third day, and now it's reported by Cameron Wolf from ESPN that Kalen Bellage has a real chance to win the starting job. So what was your um, bold prediction again? Kenyon Drake was going to be a top 10 running back. Uh. I take it back. Yikes! It's okay. Bold predict. I mean, I said Corey Davis. It could it could top. completely change. Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj did. Uh, they were seen limping. Certain both, points. both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it to the Dolphins. 
<laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's interesting to see that Kalen Balage. We we had him as a sleeper. Yeah, on our sleeper show, um, and he's definitely a guy I think you should take a look at. Oh, definitely. I think what's going to happen. This, this is a very patriot thing to do. Kalen Balage starts games right. He comes in on first and second downs, and then the rest of the time. Maybe just first downs for Kalen Blush. The rest of the time goes to Kenyon Drake. So Kenyon Drake will get the majority of the work, but Kalen Balaj will start the game. And and like it, I somebody from ESPN was talking about that, where they're going to work it out so that Kalen Balaj gets less work than Kenyon Drake, but Kenyon yeah. Drake doesn't start games. Very Patriot thing to do. Chad O'Shea comes from the Patriots, so yep. doesn't surprise me. But uh, that pisses me off. <laughs> somebody please use Kenyon Drake properly. At some it's point, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Uh, he's a free agent this upcoming year too. So if he's uh, if he's on the market, he's probably going to sign with a team that's going to use him even worse. Um, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports Michael Thomas did not report for the start of uh, Saints training camp. This is uh, not going to be concerned. He's about to get a massive deal. Yeah, massive. He deal. will. Um, they're not going to. He's he's not coming to training camp because he doesn't have the deal yet but this is not like uh the saints aren't close this is a bad situation ian i mean uh, not ian rapport michael thomas is probably it's expected that in the next week he's going to sign a deal and he'll probably report by then so he's don't worry about michael thomas um the graveyard of wide receivers on the uh the giants got even worse i i am astounded that this this is like this is a giant like the giants are becoming the browns Honest to God, this whole sequence of events—they're really turning. They're really turning into the Browns. Turning into that, yeah. The funny thing is, I say that now, and then they'll like win. (laughs) They actually win the division. (laughs) They win the division. Um, So Sterling Shepard suffered a broken thumb in Thursday's practice. First practice, I believe, for the Giants, he suffered a broken thumb. Corey Coleman in like the second practice tore his ACL, who was like the third string wide receiver. And then Golden Tate, right after all that news broke, they were like, they don't have any wide receivers. Golden Tate was suspended four games for violating the PED policy. So they basically have, I don't even know who the fourth wide receiver. I know they should call. That's what I said. I was like looking, I was like, wait, Dez is still on the market. Why don't you hit that up? Yeah, that won't happen, but no. Um, Golden Tate did appeal the suspension. Uh, but it said that he's probably not going to win. He was saying that he took a fertility drug, <laughs> and uh, there was like there was a- an illegal like part of it that he failed to test for. Which I mean, that's a very legitimate thing. But yeah, it seems like a <laughs> he's like mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah, very yeah. yeah Golden State trying to stay healthy. Um, I swear it's it's for my uh, my health downs it <laughs> uh the Dolphins signed wide receiver alan hearns after he was cut by the cowboys uh earlier this week uh 49ers placed running back jarek mckinnon on the active slash pup list after a flare-up of his acl kyle shanahan believes he's going to be off the pup list and ready to go for thursday's practice so take it with a grain of salt people Still it would avoiding- be awful if jarek mckinnon like <laughs> that does stink. Like I saw that news before I saw the one about what Kyle Shanahan said. Feel bad like, for him. My God, this guy can't win. No, it was like uh, who had the? I can't remember. There was one player that had to have like three knee surgeries. Was that Gronk? No, they like screwed up three times mm-hmm. and they had to like repair it three times. I don't remember. There's been players like that though. Uh, this is interesting news, and it was actually a. I listened to a podcast, and I will shout them out. Um, it's called Fade the Public. Uh, 
and they did a uh, bold prediction show. And uh, one of the guys on the show predicted that Theo Riddick, a month ago, would be cut by the Lions. And he just got cut by the Lions. Hey, okay. So they nailed it. Sorry, I was taking a drink of water. Um, they nailed it. Uh, but this is major news for Carry On Johnson. The only problem left for Carry On is CJ Anderson. I was like going to say, dude, Anderson, you forgot I don't wish about... injury on anyone. <laughs> but like, it would benefit Carry On Johnson greatly if CJ Anderson was like overweight and failed the physicals. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So I I could be wrong about this because I'm not exactly an expert on how the Lions use their running backs. Yeah. But I feel like the Oretic was kind of involved in the passing game. Wasn't yes. It? Yeah. Which so, is what car- that's carry on Johnson's bread and butter right there. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. So they're they're he they're expected to target him. Uh, I I guess they're expected to target him close to to eighty to ninety times this year. I believe that's. Well, I'm a fan of carry on man. Um, but the problem is uh, the the big problem with carry on Johnson. I think people should really definitely take a look at before you start drafting him in the third round like me uh, yeah like <laughs> you um is touchdowns he has a very similar problem mm-hmm. to what christian mccaffrey had at the beginning of last season where mccaffrey was a great pass catching back good on the ground he did everything well but they had um was it james no not james uh who was it their backup running back last year stewart something oh yeah. uh jonathan stewart jonathan stewart was supposed to he ended up getting hurt but he was supposed to be the guy at the goal line who was to punch it in, which is what happened the season prior yeah. with Christian McCaffrey. He didn't score touchdowns in like the first six weeks of the year, and then he went off like for seven straight weeks. So I think I think you see that similar situation with Carryon Johnson, where he's a great pass catching back. He was a rookie last year, great pass catching back, mm-hmm. can run well on the ground. Um, the question is: Is C.J. Anderson going to take all his all the all the goal line work away from him? And if he does, that's a very concerning situation for a guy like Carryon Johnson. Um, so that's kind of why I, I, I'm going to, I probably, yeah, that, that is a valid concern in drafts. I'll probably draft him. I, I, I late fifth or uh, late fourth, early fifth. He's going early fourth right now. Yeah. Early fourth is, I mean, I would, if I have a team that's drafting early fourth, maybe depending on where he is, but I think that the, the touchdown would you risk rather is a problem. Take, Cause like the running backs in his area, Derrick Henry, I know your opinion. Oh on no, that. no. He's yeah. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, no, I mean not over. Like I it would see, be I close. Wouldn't. It would be close. Mm. I mean, I guess it's close, but I'd take carry on. Yeah, that's just me though. I guess you give me a look. Why you, you, you a Josh Jacobs guy? I I do like Josh Jacobs, but I don't know if I like him early fourth time. round. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't even know if I like. The little problem is right now is my intention was to draft wide receivers in the fifth round. But oh, so this the is abyss, the uh, the abyss of running backs. It, like if you look in the fourth round, there are so many running backs that I just don't want to draft in the fourth round. That I would be like, like Karrion Johnson and David Josh Montgomery. Jacobs and David Montgomery are guys I would love to draft in the fifth round, not in the fourth <laughs> round. That's too early. So it's like almost like I would. I always draft. I always usually draft a running back in the fourth round. Like not that you got to stick to one thing, but right, that's right. usually just how it works out. Um, in the fifth round, I get the wide receiver, but. It's not really working out that way. So, what way you doing in the third round? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the flow. That's what <laughs> I do, what man. I, <laughs> um, so, the Lions released the Aritic Good news for Carry On Johnson. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports AJ Green is likely to be sidelined six to eight weeks after he mm-hmm. tore ligaments in his ankle. Yikes. It was initially reported that he had a minor low ankle sprain, 
and then it developed from there. Uh, so now he's going to miss six to eight weeks. It is projected. I, we just got a report a second ago that he was. Um, they had the surgery and that they they cleaned everything up, but there was a little bit more wrong than they originally thought. So he probably will miss two to three weeks of the regular season. Yep. Right now he's getting drafted at an ADP uh, in the fourth round because drafts really haven't adjusted fully yet. But a lot of people that I talk to are saying fifth round, sixth round, some fourth round, and a lot of, no, I don't want to draft AJ Green yeah. anymore. Um, to me, I think you got to be more open than saying, no, I'm not drafting AJ Green. If you could get AJ Green in the sixth round, yeah, I think I would do that. There is no, like, fifth round I was questioning. I was like, okay, I, do I want to take a risk on AJ Green Especially because considering that new report that just came out where they said it was worse than initially yeah. expected, that's never a good sign. Because that means in another few weeks it could continue to be worse. Like, ankle ankle injuries are tough for NFL players, they too. Are. They they linger. Like, his toe injury don't doesn't linger, but... No. Foot injuries, ankle injuries for wide receivers are hard to come back from, especially like he's got six to eight weeks to figure it out, which is good. But at the same time, it's like, do you want to take the risk in the fourth or fifth round on AJ Green? A fifth round, maybe. Sixth round, definitely. I I wouldn't the sixth, yeah. I think he's turning into a good value. It just depends on how much people fade him out um, in terms of where they're drafting him. So uh, just keep an eye on AJ Green. This does help Tyler Boyd. A yeah. little bit because, uh, and I haven't seen Boyd rise up. He in, hasn't yet. He will, I think. He will probably. But Ty, this helps Tyler Boyd a little bit in terms of like, you know, a boost in, in draft value. Um, I think Joe Mixon is really getting undervalued right now and undervalued in, in the context of like, like you're seeing guys like Melvin Gordon fall back on the board. You're seeing mm-hmm. guys like Todd Gurley fall back, but Joe Mixon's not moving up. And I'm wondering mm. why isn't Joe Mixon moving up? I just think people are. They're they're kind of I don't for some reason people just on are, Bengals yeah they're I think they don't like I think it's the it's a I mean hatred. I don't blame them I don't like the Bengals either but yeah hatred for the Bengals <laughs> offense as well as is just like last year he was he was really good I think he was yeah. eighth in fantasy and half PPR but he wasn't like you know incredible so um, I think it should be interesting to see what happens with Joe Mixon this year um, I've talked about this before with is it Zach Taylor. Yes. Yeah, Zach Taylor. He comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. Yeah, he does, yeah. And so I I would believe that they're going to pull the same zone running back, you know, uh uh playbook scheme as as the the uh the Rams do. Um so they're going to try to set up the pass with the play action. Uh, they're going to try to set up play action with the run a lot similar to how the Rams yeah. do. And if that's the case, they'll utilize Joe Mixon in a similar context to Todd Gurley. If that's the case, Joe Mixon produces, you know, fantasy point per opportunity the same exact way that Todd Gurley does. Uh, so, like, to me, I think Joe Mixon, I'm not saying Joe Mixon going to be Todd Gurley, <laughs> but if they give him 300, 300 opportunities like they give yeah. Todd Gurley. Yeah, that, they play he's, it right. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a guy that you get in the second round and is an absolute steal. Hmm. Um, so keep an eye on Joe Mixon. Uh, Cowboys signed Alfred Morris probably because they're getting nervous about Zeke. That's a little bit strange situation. Um, I just want to note, we're running out of time on the news segment, but I just want to note that, (laughs) um, what's his name? The clown owner of the Cowboys. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Thank you. I literally How did you forget Jerry Jones. It's because I didn't write it down. I was like, I got this. And then I didn't write it down. So Jerry, I know. How do I forget Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones said 
you don't. I, this is I, this is laughable. I could I could oh, I, I, love, I, started, I love Jerry Jones. I started stuff. laughing at this. Jerry Jones literally said, "He said you don't need a running back to win a championship." Now you don't. You don't need a running back to win a championship. He's not wrong. But if you go back in the past and you look at everything that he did, he won three Super Bowls with Emmitt Smith, a rushing champion. You clown. Are you kidding me? Like you haven't won a Super Bowl. A different... You haven't won a Super Bowl since Emmitt Smith has been on your TV, you moron. I hate I hate to we don't need Zeke. Air, Jerry We Jones. don't need Zeke, the most important piece to our offense. No, he, Dak he Prescott is, blows when Zeke's not on the no. field. Blows. Because in the modern NFL football, I don't think I you agree with you. necessarily need a you running back. You don't need back. a running back. But Zeke is the best player. He's the best. He's, he's at least maybe offensively. the second most talented running back in the NFL behind yeah. Saquon. Like, because Zeke is not only running game-wise your best option. Passing game, he's too. He's probably their best. He's turned in. I mean, like, him and Amari Cooper. He runs the offense. When you run on it, when, yeah, exactly. when Amari Cooper's not open and Michael Gallup blows <laughs> and Jason Witten's old, you only have Zeke to throw to. If you're, like, if, when they have their best offensive weeks, it's when Zeke literally gets 200 all-purpose yeah. yards and two touchdowns. If you were a defensive coordinator for one week, some team, like yeah. their whole coaching staff, just like had heart attacks, so <laughs> they hired you. GG. And you're playing the Cowboys. Who are you trying to stop on that offense? Zeke. Yeah. Do you care about anyone else? Maybe Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper, yes. Oh, sorry. Amari Cooper, yes, but but it's like it's no. like eighty percent Zeke, twenty percent Amari. Cooper. Oh yeah, yeah. Your your goal, like you sit as a defensive coordinator, you're sitting with your staff, and you're like, I want to stop Zeke. Right. Jerry Jones, he he can stick his foot in it. Like that that statement to the media would uh, to me if I'm Zeke. Now Zeke is like he's not really a guy that gets pissed off. I mean, I guess that video at the concert really doesn't help us. You know how you piss he does, him off. He just doesn't seem like he gets pissed off. No, when unless you like stole things. his like Chick Fil A or something. Yeah, um, but to say that about your the the biggest piece in your offense, like you say, we're trying to get Zeke signed, but we can play without him for right now. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. You don't say we don't need it. We don't need a running back to win a championship. Like that is literally devaluing Ezekiel Elliott no, it is. to the lowest like. Like it, Zeke, if you, if you ever listen to this podcast, please do not go back to the Cowboys, you clown. I mean, I, yeah, I'd want him on the Cowboys. Sorry, <laughs> for, for fantasy reasons. For fantasy reasons, but like, see, like if I was Zeke, I honestly would be like Jerry, what the crap? Like, are you, but then if you play for the Cowboys, you know Jerry Jones is an idiot. So yeah, uh, yeah, you got to know that yeah. ahead of time. You go going in, you know that he's gonna say stupid stuff. Um, the final piece of news: Adam Schefter reports that Derrick Henry is dealing with a strained calf. He'll probably be out two, two, three weeks. So I would, I would expect him not to play a preseason game. Don't if you are a Derrick Henry truther and you like Derrick Henry, I would say don't let that news worry you. But I don't yeah. like Derrick Henry regardless. <laughs> What is he going in the sixth round, I believe? Derrick Henry? Yeah. Fourth round. Fourth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all set with that. Uh, Let's move into our best wide receiver slash tight end value picks for 2019. These are players that we believe have great draft value for their ADP. Anywhere in the draft. Anywhere in the draft. Um, So let's start off with our first wide receiver, and we do have uh, three tight ends. Five wide receivers, three tight ends. So uh, let's start off with Cooper Cup. Cooper. Pooper Cup. (laughs) I love Cooper Rude. Cup. Um, he's one of these guys that that has kind of fallen out of the. He has. We've talked the, about Cooper. the graces of people who want wide receivers who uh, are uh, similar to Julian Edelman, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Belichick. Um, 
No, but he's fallen. Like people loved Cooper Cup for the first like what was it seven eight weeks of the season last year when he was yeah. going off. Then he got and hurt, then, and, then, and then he got hurt, and people were just like, "Oh, by the way, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are better." I actually like Robert Woods is my favorite like, Rams wide receiver right now for some yeah. reason, but I still think Cooper Cup is like one of Jared Goff's favorite options. And if you are coming into the season, you're assuming Cooper Cup is going to play a full sixteen games. I don't know why you would think that Cooper Cup is going to fall into, like, what is it, the 23rd wide receiver off the board? Like, uh, I think he can yeah. be a top 15 guy if he plays all 16 games. Oh, yeah, games. I agree. Like, do you think he's going to be a wide receiver three? No. No, absolutely. He's going in the sixth round right now. That's... And, like, if you're getting Cooper Cup in the sixth round and you're using our strategy of building the core of your team, two wide receivers, three running backs... Mm-hmm. or if you want to go flex for wide receiver, whatever. <laughs> but if you build the core of your team in the first five rounds and then you're getting Cooper Cup in the sixth, like, that's literally that insane value. value. Yeah. Like, how could you not do that? Um, he's in in, in uh, the fantasy uh, in best ball drafts he's going, uh, which is usually the most accurate ADP this early. Um, he's going in the seventh round. So Really? Yeah, something like that. Holy cow. Pick 61. Um, if you're on a 12 team, it's probably like the sixth round, but, um, isn't that crazy? That is. And people are like, oh, well, you know, why would I take him if I'm going by your strategy and now he's just going to sit on my bench because then you could either a trade the guys who trade, like you could trade your number two receiver and try mm-hmm. to upgrade for a running back or yeah. something like that. Yep. Or you have fantastic value on your bench that you can then trade for other things. So having a guy like Cooper cup on your bench would be insanely valuable. Do you want to hear uh, the full PPR fantasy point values for Cooper Cup in games that he didn't uh, get injured and miss half the game? Okay. Week one against Oakland, 17. Week two against Arizona, he kind of had a tough week, 12 fantasy points. That's only because he didn't catch a touchdown. Um, He had 16 against LA, the Chargers. Um, and then he had 37 against Minnesota, 21 against Seattle, and then he got hurt against Denver in week six. And then he came back week nine against New Orleans and had 19 towards ACL in week 10, still got eight points in that game. <sighs> so he had one, he had basically one game that was kind of suspect against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, that was it. That was it. He was, uh, they have this metric on playerprofiler.com. It measures a player's week to week fantasy point scoring oscillation. Which means uh It's a big word. They're up and they're up and down, like how inconsistent yeah, yeah. they are. He was the number three wide receiver in all the fantasy football. In the whole league. In the whole league in consistency. So And you, you guys are still taking him in the seventh yeah, round? Yeah, continue taking him in the seventh round. I I kinda wanna. But he's a great player to have for your fantasy team. If if you if you decide to go I've seen people who want to go running. Like I know I'm not one to go strategies. Like you, you, you should go into your draft flexible. But yeah, some people do the running back, running back, running back strategy. If that's how your draft ends up, then I think Cooper Cup is definitely a guy you want to take in the sixth round. Like oh, some of yeah. the guys I've looked at in the sixth. I mean, the sixth round is kind of stacked for wide receivers. You got Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd in some ex- in some contexts, and Cooper Cup. Like you're not really Nick DJ Moore too. Oh no, he's seventh round. You're not really missing too much. Is Tyler Boyd in the sixth? He's, uh, according to the fantasy calculator, he's also seventh. Seventh, okay. But you do sixth, seventh, eighth are really good rounds to get wide receivers. Yeah. So, like, if there's any year to really do the three running back strategy, I guess you could do it this year. But um, 
Cooper Cup is a huge, huge value um, in 2019 fantasy football drafts. Uh, the number two guy on our list, we just mentioned him a second ago, Tyler Boyd. Mm. I love Tyler Boyd. We've all, we both loved. A lot of people love Tyler Boyd. I don't think we've talked about Tyler Boyd and DJ Moore as much as we are in the show. Uh, and we love Tyler. We've been talking about them all offseason, but not on the podcast for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tyler Boyd is literally one of the most talented wide receivers uh, in the league. And he is, I forget what round he was taken in. I think it was uh, mm. the second round. Let me just pull that up. The top of my head, I'd say second too. I believe I could it was be second. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, second round pick 24. Um, but in college, he was absolutely insane he had a college dominator of 95th percentile his college yards per reception was 70th percentile and his breakout age which is usually at if you are if you break out at the age of 18 that means you came into college and literally dominated from year one as a freshman um his was the 93rd percentile at 18 so first year of college he was dominating um he played last year with aj green on the field he was a better yeah with A.J. Green on the field, which is very weird. He had 76 receptions, 1,028 yards, and then seven total touchdowns. Um, his catch rate was 70%. His true catch rate was 87%. He's wow. an insanely good slot receiver. That is that is exactly how they're going to use him. And if you see an increase in target share for Tyler Boyd, like right mm-hmm. last year he averaged 7.7 per game. If he averages like 10 per game, he probably will fantastic hit fantastic steal. Yeah, a fantastic steal. He he got just to put this in perspective. Guys like Antonio Brown and Devontae Adams had 1.8 fantasy point per target. This guy has 2.5. So or 2.05, I'm sorry. If it was 2.5 I I would rip my <laughs> pants off. Um 2.05, which means that if he gets targeted 125 130 times, he'll probably finish in the top 10. Um he's about as sure a thing you're going to get. In the seventh round. Yeah, that's true. Like, if he busts out, I am I apologize. <laughs> but this is literally, looking at the numbers, he's an insanely good wide receiver in the seventh round. Um, I mean, he had a decent season last year, but coming into now, he was, he was a little more volatile in terms of uh, week-to-week production. So he would go off, like... Week two, three, and four, he had 21, 25, and 21. And then week one and five, he had like two, five, and eight and full PPR. Yeah. Um, so he was up and down at times during the season. Uh, but I think I think he's a perfect guy to get in the seventh round because you invest in him. And then, you know, A.J. Green has to miss extended time. Which or- he most likely will, even if he just misses <laughs> the first few games. I think he'll probably miss more. But, but you're going to get Tyler Boyd. At an extremely good value oh, for a guy yeah, that, seventh round that a guy that could break out into the you know wide receiver one conversation, a guy that's going to sit on your bench as a wide receiver one. Are you kidding me? You know he's um, snag that. According to Fantasy Pros, he's in the fifth tier of receivers. He's ranked twenty eighth among receivers. You know who's higher than him? I'm not going to shake my head because I don't remember where I have him ranked. <laughs> you want to know who's higher than him? Who? I know you don't have this guy higher than him, Allen Robinson. Oh come on. That's disgusting. Mike Williams, who I don't hate. I mean, I don't judge other people's rankings, but Allen Robinson, really? (laughs) He had like one good season. Yeah. Would you put DJ Moore ahead of him? No. Calvin Ridley? Yes. I think Calvin Ridley's going to get more opportunity. That's the only reason why I say that. Okay. Alshon Jeffrey? 
Um, no. Okay, so you have him a little higher then. You probably don't have him crazy high. You know they have Tyler Lockett ranked twenty. Just yeah, that's um, I, have, I think I have him ranked twenty three. I believe. I, <laughs> everybody hated Lockett last year. Now they love him. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, yeah, you know, Tyler Boyd. He's also entering the prime of his career as well. Yeah. He's going to be twenty five this year. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of receivers tend to break out like second, third, fourth year. Mm-hmm. So he could have an even better year this year. I think he will. Yeah. To be honest, have a better year this year than he did last year. Right. Um, there's more stability in the offense. And I think the hiring of the new head coach is Zach Taylor. Yeah. We, we just went through yeah. this. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that will actually help the offensive lot yeah. as a whole, yeah, especially Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, I guess. So the, the offense as a whole. But I think, you know, that's an upgrade from Marvin Lewis, at least offensively. Yeah. Because I know so. Marvin Lewis kind of. You know, and I'm not you, trying to hate, but if you look at if you look at how the Rams, it, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to get too far into comparing offenses and where a guy came from, mm-hmm. and you know, Zach Taylor was the quarterback coach or the wide receiver coach for before he came Falcons, here. right? For the no, for oh, the, for the for Rams. Rams. Okay, yeah. Um, so coming from Sean McVay's system, what did we see last year when all three wide receivers were on the field? Three Rams wide receivers, three dominant receivers, f- finished as top twenty wide receivers. So you're telling me that Tyler Boyd and AJ Green can't coexist? Like I don't think anybody's saying that, but like to me, I think he's going to get a large amount of opportunity. Um, I don't think in a in a full PPR setting, he's a little bit more risky, just because I don't think he's going to hit 100 receptions. I think he'll hit yeah. like 80 to 90. But in a half PPR in a standard league, he's a perfect play. Like he's a guy that you get in the seventh, eighth round. And you're bragging to your buddies. Oh, I got that wide receiver that broke out. So I love DJ uh, Tyler. <laughs> you love them both. I love them both. Uh, <laughs> the, the third guy on our list, I, I kind of already said his name. Spoiled it. DJ Moore. Um, I was reading DJ Moore's name when I was trying to say Tyler Boyd, and I kind of mixed them together. DJ Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's every like <laughs> every every uh, hardcore fancy player for this year. Yeah, it's going to be their team names. DJ Boyd. DJ Boyd. <laughs> uh, I'll draft both and name my team DJ Boyd. Um, Tyler, I mean, uh, DJ Moore is a, is, I love DJ Moore. He was a first round pick by the Carolina Panthers. Um, he has a, he has a lot of talent. He's measurables are good. His college statistics or whatever you want to say, the player profiler statistics line up. He's very good. When I, when I initially was starting to scout for the year and I looked at DJ Moore, I was like, this guy is very impressive. Um, the thing that he has, the leg up that he has on Tyler Boyd right now is the fact that he is the main option in the Carolina Panthers offense. The number one guy. Yeah, that's... Um, and so that's why it, it, it is, it's a little bit more of a question for me between Tyler Boyd and DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Cam Newton throws the ball nearly as much as he... Sh- not that he should, but like... As he can, and okay. I think yeah, uh, that's that's fair. I think that like like name the last don't name the last guy to finish as a wide receiver one in a Cam Newton quarterback <laughs> system. You're gonna have Steve Smith. Was he ever? I don't know. Great question. But I looked seven years back and I couldn't find one. Well, Cam then Newton's probably not then. Entire career, he's had wide receiver twos, he's had wide receiver threes. I, he has never had a wide receiver one. Somebody can fact check me on that and, uh, you know, prove you wrong. DM me on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, We're just that is my out. concern about DJ Moore. Yeah. No, it's a fair concern. But um, 
Who else? As a, like, as a eighth round, as a seventh, eighth round wide receiver, though. No, I know that's like that. <laughs> that's like as right. that being your concern. Like that's not if, if a he bad sucks. If he sucks, like it's you whatever. Know, but he could easily break out. Um, who else other than Curtis Samuel is a receiver on that team? Um, was that Debo guy right? What's his name? No, no, Debo Samuel is a 49er. Oh, oh I can right, look yeah. at the. I'll look at the depth chart right now. Make your point. Because <laughs> other than Curtis, make your point. I sound like a radio talk show host getting really angry. No pleasantries. The callers. No pleasantries. Other than Curtis Samuel, there is no wide receiver on that offense. Now you can argue Greg Olson might be. I think he will be, but <laughs> chances are Greg Olson's gonna miss half the season. Yeah, because, Christian McCaffrey. Right, but he's kind of like Jarius Wright and Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. Oh god! They have Chris Hogan in the flanker spot. That's interesting. Uh, he is a, he is a vertical guy, but he's kind of short to be a little bit. He is the vertical. I think Hogan's kind of trash. Though, We're talking about Hogan. <laughs> Chris Hogan, yeah, he's trash. <laughs> Move forward. Um, Christian McCaffrey does is obviously they're kind of their number one re- wide receiver, yeah. but they run a lot of specific set plays for him: screens, yeah, shovel passes, things like that. So when it's just like shotgun formation, Cam Newton's just hucking the ball, yeah. DJ Moore is going to be the guy. Yeah, definitely. So I do like DJ Moore a lot. I think he's a great value for the seventh round. I probably wouldn't take him ahead of Tyler Boyd, though. Yeah. They run, um, last year they ran, I think it was 80%, 80% of their plays were in uh, either two or three wide receiver sets. Mm-hmm. Only 3.5% of the time they ran on a four or five wide receiver sets, which means if Hogan is the fourth guy on the depth chart, you'll probably never see him. <laughs> um, Jarius Wright is a slot guy right now. He's the third guy on the depth chart, so you might see him reach like 20 catches maybe. Right. Um, but Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are the guys. I like both of them. Both yeah. are really good values. I mean, Moore in the eighth round Where's- and Curtis Samuel in the 13th. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all. Curtis Samuel is one of the best route runners in in their division and in the NFC. Like I like if you watch, literally watch him on film, he's an incredible route runner. His problem is, his problem is he's just not he's not physically and uh, physically physically and vertically uh, <laughs> capable of being a. Like, I've well, talked about people this said that about game. Julian I mean, Edelman, like. He's five eleven and he's two hundred pounds. Like, he's not bad. He's just no. I don't think. See, I think Curtis Samuel ha- is, has the capability of being a Julian Edelman type player, not necessarily in the slot. I mean that in the context of like Julian Edelman, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen always finishes wide receiver twos. I can see Curtis Samuel always finishing as a wide receiver two in his career, including this year. Like, I think he can finish 17-18 in the thirteenth yeah. round. That's perfect. DJ Moore has the talent and the potential to be a wide receiver one and a high-end one. Like, in two years, mm-hmm. DJ Moore could be a top-five receiver. Like, that's how talented he is. It's a question of, can Cam Newton get him the ball? Um, I don't... Which is a fair fair question. Like, the fact that when I looked... I, I never fully looked at Cam Newton's numbers, and I, I looked at his numbers, and it was like... He's thrown 4,000 yards in his career once. Yeah. <laughs> and that means... <laughs> that was I'm, his MVP year, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, no. That was oh, the first really? year of his career. His MVP year, he had like 800 rushing yards and like 10 touchdowns <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's move on. I do love DJ Moore. Make sure you draft him in fantasy leagues. Dante Pettis is our fourth guy on the board. Um, he's. I personally like Dante Pettis a lot more than you like Dante Pettis. Well, I don't know. I like Dante Pettis, so. 
We'll interesting, see. interesting. Um, so Pettis is one of those guys that a lot of people are overlooking, and I'll tell you why. Marquise Goodwin was the guy that started as the wide receiver one last year for San Francisco. Right now, he's the number two guy on the depth chart, and they're saying he's even he might be on the bubble, like he might be cut. Um, Wait, who? Marquise Goodwin. Oh, okay. Um, so Dante Pettis is a guy going in the ninth, tenth round. Um, he's a relatively decent player who was drafted in the second round. I, I think it was in. 2018. Oh, was it? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he was a rookie last year. Um, and so over the course of last season, he showed that he could be a very good wide receiver. Um, there was a course of games, weeks 12 through 15. He had 17, 29, 13, and 13 fantasy points. So he had a decent stretch of games. I believe he was top 20 over that stretch or maybe top 15 over that stretch. Um, he played rather rather relatively well at the beginning of the season before he got hurt in week two. Um, and then when he came back, he was good. So the big thing about Dante Pettis is I think he has a talent and he, the big thing for me is that he's a wide receiver one. He's similar to DJ right. Moore. He's the number one wide receiver in an offense that's kind of up and coming. And if, if, uh, if, if Christian McCaffrey, my God, if Jimmy Garoppolo can be my two favorite players, yeah, uh, your two favorite. If Jimmy Garoppolo can be a decent quarterback in the NFL, I think Dante Pettis will probably be a very good wide receiver. One, he's so, shown flashes of being really good. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of is the is the connection going to work? Like they're already talking. There are people floating rumors around about the third wide receiver on the 49ers having the most because he's their slot receiver. And what is what you know? What is Jimmy Garoppolo? So what's like, the system that he comes through? He, yeah, he likes to dump it off. So they're saying that this this third wide receiver. I'm going to pull up his name just so I can give it to you while you make your point on Dante Pettis. But um, is that this third wide receiver, the slot receiver, is probably going to have yeah. more catches than a guy like Dante Pettis? But Dante Pettis is very good vertically. He's a great red zone target. So you're going to see him. You know, if Jimmy Garoppolo has a, like if Jimmy Garoppolo has a 25 plus touchdown season. I could definitely see eight to nine touchdowns for Dante Pettis. And so, if he does that, I think he's he's very good at that. At that value, ninth or tenth round, it's worth the risk. I actually might like Dante Pettis even more than you because you know my feelings on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. I you do. said if he gets 25 touchdowns plus, I think don't, he— Don't say he gets 30. I was going to say it, and I just <sighs> couldn't do it. He's going to get 30. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that, you can save that for a bold prediction oh. show boss oh i should I, his name is trent I'm taylor totally missed out on using jimmy garoppolo in a bold prediction his name is trent taylor, trent taylor. the slot receiver dante pettis is a flanker jordan matthews is a flanker so marquis goodwin is what they call a split end which means he plays the inside out yeah very close to the flanker which is the outside that would, and then debo samuel who's a rookie who's probably not going to do yeah, anything that's what I'm thinking. so trent taylor is an interesting guy to keep your eye on keep following that in camp i'm not saying go out and get him or draft him or whatever but he's an interesting if you're in a dynasty league and he's available i would go and get him yeah because if you're, if people are reporting that he's going to lead the team in catches that comes from sources inside the organization who believe that so right I, i'm not that's not talking about trent taylor we're talking about Donald Pettis. <laughs> Um, Dante Pettis, I actually do really like him though. My concern was actually, actually what you said earlier with having the connection with him. Yeah. Because they, Garoppolo missed pretty much the whole year. So they're going to have to kind of build that connection. If, mm-hmm. if you think Dante Pettis is going to be a legit breakout guy, they're going to need to form a good connection during the preseason and training camp and all that sort of thing. But if they do, 
I mean, Pettis has a fantastic upside to me because he is the number one receiver as of right now in San Francisco with with Jimmy Garoppolo's quarterback. And I know we joke around about Garoppolo all the time, but I do think he will have a pretty solid season. Yeah. Slightly better like than I think. Like his 25 plus touchdowns, it would be easy for Dante Pettis to reach eight touchdowns. Yeah. Easy. I think he could definitely get 25 to 30 touchdowns. And if that happens, yeah, exactly. Pettis can easily get like eight touchdowns. The question which would is, make him Pettis and Garoppolo staying healthy. That's that's pretty valid, but you know, I I just you know, Jimmy Garoppolo man, I, I, Nick Mullins man, got to bring back Nick. <laughs> Dude, even if Garoppolo gets hurt, they got Nick oh, Mullins, God. bro. Uh, let's move into Corey Davis. Um, well, I'll let you talk about Ooh, Corey. Corey. Davis. You know my bold prediction. I'm gonna try to make it. I'm gonna go try to make an argument for Corey Davis right now. My bold prediction for Corey Davis because I don't agree with Corey Davis. <laughs> Like, I'll draft him where he's going, maybe. Right, so but that's like, a great value, isn't it? Yeah. We're talking about value picks here. Now, yeah, that's true. again, my bold prediction. How does a top five pick not work out when you go to the Tennessee Titans? <laughs> well, you just answered your own question. When you go to the Tennessee Titans. Now, <laughs> fair. Um, so like, I just want to clarify. I don't think Corey Davis blows. I think he's very talented and good. I just don't think he's going to ever get the opportunity that he should. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Ken- I'm trying to pull up. He's the Kenyon Drake of wide receivers. <laughs> that actually is a very good comparison. So he's going pretty much the 11th round. Yeah, the last pick of the 10th round. Yeah, he's the 35th receiver off the board. To me, the reason why I think he's a great value pick. Now my bold prediction was just a little yeah stupid, but that's the point of bold predictions. I don't actually think he'll finish that high, but I do. I could easily see him finishing like top twenty-five mm-hmm. among receivers. Right. And if that happens, you're getting out steal in the eleventh round. No, definitely. Um, for me, like if you look at the wide receivers around his area, his upside, like Sterling Shepard, Will Fuller. I think he's got a higher upside. I think <laughs> he's got a higher Shepard. upside than Mark Jones. I think he's got a higher upside than Christian Kirk. I know you love Christian Kirk, but I think he's got a higher upside. Cortland Sutton. I think he's got a higher upside. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Like a lot of these guys in his area, I think he's got a higher so upside. The he's, one, go ahead and finish your. I'm just sorry. I, I just love talking about Corey Davis because he's my favorite player. Um, please don't go on Twitter and and look at all the videos of Corey Davis making crazy catches. People oh, there's, are getting people there's, are getting. There's pictures and videos of those. Yeah, go look. Hold on, on, I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I'm gonna say right now just as like a just as like a like a general point. Uh, don't don't buy into all that the videos and all that like oh yeah a, no, we, a wide yeah. receiver somebody got all hyped up because david montgomery ran up the middle and it was a no contract drill <laughs> i was like please stop you guys are getting ridiculous fantasy yeah. fantasy football twitter gets so, ridiculous someone will make like uh he'll run a route and make a catch he'll be like excellent route running ability 10 out of 10 hands it's true we'll draft in there was there round. was a guy literally there was a guy he took a picture of odell beckham making a two-handed catch and he said, this guy's incredible. <laughs> he's like, look at this catch he's making. This is like fantasy analyst. I died laughing and I was like, bro, he's doing his job. He's like catching the ball. Like what is incredible about that? Like it wasn't even like a you know, behind the back like a one-handed catch. It was a basic like two-handed grab. Amen. Toe tap on the side. side not, every, not every receiver can have that kind of hair. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's incredible. They got distracted. <laughs> 
Um, I do want to note, Corey Davis, he's not a bad receiver. Like I said, he's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. He had 112 targets last year. He had 24, 26, I'm sorry, 26% of the target share on the Tennessee Titans. So that means they're going to throw it to him. Yeah. And A.J. Brown, I believe, is not healthy right now. So this little rookie wide receiver they just dropped. I they do like two first-round wide receivers. They need a quarterback so badly. Like, <laughs> they, they, that, that just shows you that. They're like really crossing their fingers on Marcus Mariota. Yeah, they yep. wasn't he the second overall pick? I think so. So I mean, they so he had 112 targets last year. I believe how many games he played? 16, all 16, healthy the entire season. 112 targets, which is seven targets a game. Um, he only brought down 65 receptions. That's 58 percent catch rate, which is you know you'd be like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, his catchable target rate was 76 percent which was 59th in the league. His true catch rate is 75%. So that means if there's a quarterback throwing him the football <laughs> that can actually hit him like in the chest or he's anywhere near it. him, he's going to catch it. The fact that he has a 58% catch rate, which ranks number 77, like a lot of people will pull up his numbers and go, well, sir, 58%, he blows. No, he doesn't blow. He has a 75% catch rate. What blows is his quarterback. And so, I think playing Gabbert was his quarterback for half the season last yeah. year. So let's say Marcus Mariota see, misses yeah. half the season again. Instead of playing Gabbert, it's going to be Ryan Tannehill, yeah. which I think is a huge upgrade. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think it, I think 100%. A, for me, it's top-end quarterback, had top-end wide receivers in this league get 140 to 170 targets. Yeah. Um, he only had last year in 16 games 112. So he needs to see that increase to at least 140 in order for me to consider him anywhere near a wide receiver one. And then the other thing is the catch rate needs to improve. Mm-hmm. Whether it's for him or for his quarterback, something's got to something's got to give. For him to get better, somebody has to get him the ball to the <laughs> point where he can catch it 70% of the time. Yeah. This guy pulls down 90 balls next year. He can definitely bring in eight touchdowns, nine touchdowns, and a thousand yards, like easily. Oh yeah, which is a wide receiver too. So I think the the I personally think he's a low end wide receiver too at this point. To get him in the eleventh round is a relatively decent addition. He's a guy that you keep on your bench, play when you need him, and trade when you have to. You know <laughs> that type of thing. That's, but that's your motto for anyone drafted below the seventh true. round. It's true. Uh, but if you if you're able to get him and he breaks out and he has a really great year and finally is that top five pick that the Titans drafted, yeah, then you've got a great player. My problem is I just I he he reminds me a lot of Allen Robinson in the context mm. that. Like Allen Robinson had one really good season in the last three years. People have expected Allen Robinson to be this really like breakout guy that can come out and be a wide receiver one. And he's going to be the next Antonio Brown, like all this crazy stuff. And he just hasn't been that. And it, you know, I don't know if it's a lack of talent or a lack. I didn't do any scouting on Allen Robinson, but he gets hurt a lot. Too. He gets hurt a lot. But it, I think for me, it's like when you look at this guy and then you look at see the difference, they, they, they're mirror image for me. The in difference terms of from, like people expect him to break out. Right. And then he doesn't. My big difference between those two guys is just like the talent. Like if you watch Allen Robinson play, yeah, you can tell he's not. Yeah, he's he, not a bad NFL wide receiver. He doesn't, but blow. he's not. Yeah. He he doesn't break out. He doesn't pop. Yeah, Corey Davis looks like he should be at least a top ten NFL wide receiver. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I like Corey Davis. Uh, he's not like if he was like in the sixth or seventh round, like where Tyler Boyd is or DJ Moore, I would be avoiding. Oh, well, right. We're talking Um, about value. 
we're talking about value on this show. So I'll take Corey Davis all day. Let's quickly go through our tight end values um, before we end the show. Um, real quick. Real quick. David Njoku, right now, uh, I've seen him fall the 10th or 11th round He's slipping. in drafts. He is slipping, and a lot of people are fading him. They're falling in love with DJ Moore. They're falling in love. With, I mean, not. Uh, you just love DJ Moore, don't you? Yeah. It, no, it's the initials. OJ Howard is what I meant to say. Uh-huh. So the initials. I'm uh, falling in love with OJ Howard, too. Just OJ. OJ. Oh, I love OJ Howard. Um, I loved OJ Howard last season when everyone's mocking me for yeah. loving OJ Howard. Um, but OJ Howard is up there. Um, Evan Ingram is up there. Hunter Henry is up there. Yeah. And so I think in the mix of those tight ends coming back, maybe having a full time season without being hurt, you see, you know, David Njoku come in. Right. And he would, the beginning of the offseason, before we knew what Hunter Henry's status was, before we knew what, um, you know, what OJ Howard was going to be or anything like that. David Njoku was going as like what the in the first six rounds, yeah. Like that he was, was consistent. Was like, yeah. Right now he's falling back into the tenth round. So if you're sitting there and like my strategy is running backs, wide receivers in the first nine, ten rounds. If I can get David Njoku in the ninth or tenth round as not a bad, like, which is not a bad pick, it gives me some fire insurance in case I want to go out and get Austin Hooper and I'm not stuck to a guy that gives me two fantasy points a week. Right. You know what I mean? So I think. I personally think it's a perfect value for David Njoku because I think he has in that offense the value to be a um you know a top 6 top oh, 7 absolutely. tight end. I think like I, I mean I've said this point many times but if you if you um sorry my laptop is about to die. I'm scared right now. <laughs> so if it if you're picking after those top 3 tight ends. Mm-hmm. Chances are the next tight end you're going to take is a wild card. Yeah. But I think Njoku should probably be like the fourth or fifth tight end off the board. Yeah. And right now he's going 10th or 11th round. Like, that's a fantastic value. My only concern with Njoku is there's a lot of talent on that team now. Is he going to get enough targets with Odell getting the ball a lot and Jarvis Landry? And even when, like, Nick Chubb comes back. I mean, uh, <laughs> Nick Chubb. Yeah, when we Kareem are messing up the names today. Yeah, we are. When Kareem Chichi. Hunt comes back and they use him in the passing game, will there be enough love for Njoku? But taking him in the 10th round is a yes for me. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, let's move to Mark Andrews. Now, this is a guy that you didn't really like at the start of the show. No. Uh, or at the start of our preparation for the show. And then I just I, think there's a, there's a lot of hype for him. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Um, I didn't like Mark Andrews either. Because he's in this offense that blows. So, not that it blows. It's not It's not going to be a pass-heavy offense. Right. And so, if you have a, a guy, like I'm telling people to avoid all wide receivers on the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the reason why I think Mark Andrews is targetable as a player is, A, he's in the 13th round. So, I think that's a good value. 14th, pretty much. 14th, last pick yeah. of the 13th round. So, I think he's a good value. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is the fact that Every like every single manageable target on the freaking wide receiver core for the Baltimore Ravens is a rookie. So, like they have, I think it's two or three rookies on their team that are going to make up that wide receiver core. So it's a young wide receiver core. Mm. And like to me, I think that Mark Andrews is just he's the most veteran asset that. Like, and when I say veteran, last year was his rookie season, so <laughs> he's yeah, the. They mo- do have a lot of young, yeah, a lot of young receivers. Players. But they're going to run the football a lot. But I think the main target for you know for a guy that likes to run the football a lot and needs a safety valve, 
could Mark definitely Andrews. be Mark Andrews. Mark yeah. Andrews is a perfect. And he could guy. be a big uh, red zone threat. Now, as well. if you're drafting a tight end in the 13th, 14th round, generally speaking, the guy's probably not going to work out. So if you take a shot on Mark Andrews, what's the problem with that? I think he's a perfect value late. Yeah, I agree. He's got a very solid upside. I think higher than a lot of guys like that are going in his area, like Greg Olson or uh, Delaney Walker, like guys yeah. like those. So if you have a choice between those guys, I definitely go Mark Andrews. I think right. the value is there for him in the 13th, 14th round. I do think there's like a lot of people that are like, oh, watch out, Mark Andrews is like. There's a lot of hype for him that yeah. I don't know if should be there with the Raiders. Yeah, offense. I agree. I agree. I, I training camp hype is real. With I, Mark I do understand where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and the third and final one we've talked about him before um, as we conclude the show is Austin Hooper, our favorite tight end. To be honest. You know, I feel like saying to conclude the show never really works because that just made 90% of our audience just tune out. They're like, oh, it's, it's over anyway. <laughs> we know what the last one is, Austin Hooper. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Austin Hooper, we talked about him before. Um, last year he was a num- he was a number six tight end in fantasy. He's in an extremely good offense that has showed a lot of improvement over the last or not a lot of improvement. He's shown a lot of improvement over the last couple of years, and they're in an incredibly good offense with Dirk Cutter, who likes to target people out the wazoo with like 700 freaking targets. So a guy like Austin Hooper is a perfect value late in drafts. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be a extremely like I like Mark Andrews as a guy that might break out and be in the top six. Yeah, I think Austin Hooper will be in the top six. Like exactly. that's not yeah. a question for me. So I think he's more of a he, value than Mark Andrews is, and I think that's a guy that I'm definitely going to draft. But he is he's a value on my my. He board. could be. Uh, I think you said this this year's George Kittle. Yeah. Um, he consistently has gotten better each year. If he turns into this year's George Kittle, yeah. Now I do have one. There better be more followers you, on this podcast because of that. <laughs> so you love you love Kevin Ridley, okay? You love Austin Hooper, I do. You love Julio Jones, okay? Is there enough love to go around? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just making sure we're on the <laughs> same. Just page. making sure. Um, any more thoughts on Austin Hooper, or do you want to? Nah, dude. I think everybody knows our Austin <laughs> Hooper love by now. Yeah, go listen to the last tight end freaking <laughs> show we did. Um, that'll do it for wide receivers and tight end values. Um, entirely. That's yeah. done. Oh, we're done. We're done Ooh. with that. You weren't here for half of it, so freaking. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I got the fun part. Tight ends. Be sure to listen on Thursday. We're gonna go into uh, our mock draft. Oh, another mock draft. Another mock draft. Mock draft pot pa pa. <laughs> mock draft part three. Um, what do you want to do? You wanna you wanna face off? I'm down with whatever, bro. All right. If we face off, just so you know, I'm coming with that smoke though. So be sure to listen. Talk to you Thursday, Fantasy Champs. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.